Hey guys, welcome back. It's Sarah and Narelle, your hopeless, not truthless Bravo recappers from the North. Please help us be a little less hopeless and hit that follow button. Or if you're feeling really generous, drop us a five-star rating because it would mean the world. For the price of nothing, you can support our podcast and help us grow. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at HopelessNotTruthlessPod and talk to us there. Narelle, how was your week? I've had a pretty good week overall. Um... It was my dad's birthday, so we ended up going to this new brewery in town, and I got to try all of the beers, which is always fun for me because I don't drink carbs very often, so I really enjoyed that. Aw, happy birthday, Daddy Keith. Oh, I will tell Daddy Keith. Happy birthday from Sarah. My peach this week probably is going to be part part of your peach as well, I think, when I say this. You're going to be like, oh my god, me too. Uh, We have now reached over 2,000 listeners. We've got 2,000 downloads on our podcast, and I'm just thrilled by that. I am too. I honestly, when we started this, it was kind of a weird just, we've been talking about it, but for us to actually do it, we're so in our heads, the two of us, Yep. that I'm really proud of us for just kind of putting ourselves out there. I am too. And for continuing to do it. And not only that, like, I'm having a blast. So the fact that we've even got anybody listening to us is just icing on top of the best cake ever. So that was definitely the highlight of my week was reaching that number. Because to me, that's huge. Definitely. And then my pit is really, really quite crappy. Uh, So I know I've mentioned it on here before. I have a disease called CRPS, which is a stands for complex regional pain syndrome. I basically sustained nerve damage in my foot following a surgery. One of the things that I do to treat that pain that I have is something called a lidocaine infusion. I get it once every month or so, and it really, it's like an anesthetic. It goes to my system and it helps me deal with the pain. And my doctor is on vacation this month. So I have missed my monthly infusion. So I'm dealing with some pain this week and it's not fabulous. However, I'm just counting down the days. I've got a couple more weeks to go and then I'm going to get that infusion. So that'll be a That'll be my peach in a couple weeks, but for now, I'm in the pits, baby. No kidding. I know you handle it so well, Narelle. I'm honestly every day in awe of you because to go through what you go through, the pain you go through, it is remarkable how positive you are. Honestly, I am so proud to call you my bestie. Well, I gotta say, it's made a lot easier by having a friend like you because you are always Fucking there for me and picking me up when I fall down. So it means the world to me. Well, ditto. (laughs) How was your week, Sarah? Oh, I don't know. I like, I have nothing (laughs) really to complain about. But um, my pit is we are having more family visitors this weekend. I'm just done. Is am I wrong in saying it's never ending? Never ending. I love our families. I love seeing our families, but I am... Of course. I just want to hang out with my immediate family and do the things we want to do, but it's just been a weird summer, but 
Anyway, it's fine. It's just a little, it's a little pit, a little baby pit. It's overwhelming. Yeah. I feel like that would be exhausting. Just draining, right? Yeah. The cleaning, the social, like, yeah, to always be on. And I'm, it's fine. But, you know, maybe I can get a little bit of alone time since this is my husband's family. So I'll do my thing. But maybe Mm. I can just take off and go shopping and just hang out by myself for a minute. Yeah. Just tell them you have to go pick up some groceries for dinner and go get a glass of wine at a restaurant or something. (laughs) Pick me up. I'm drunk as fuck. Yeah. That sounds kind of nice right now, actually. Oh, my gosh. Well, do you have a peach? Okay, so we have a Nintendo Switch. This is such a lame peach, honestly. But we have a Nintendo Switch, and we downloaded. There's, like, a subscription for five bucks a month, and you can get all of the nostalgic Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Game Boy games on there. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is such... A blast to the past, and like the flashbacks are intense, and I'm loving it. I would love that too. That like trip down memory lane, and then I'm I'm guessing a big part of it as well is you're getting to do it with Cody, totally, and kind of like relive with him. Yes, exactly. And he's not a big like uh, video game kid, and we limit that. But he is loving these games, these old games, more than the new games. It's so cute. Probably because you guys are so excited by them. He's like, oh, I am too. (laughs) Like, talking about my uh, Peach and Pit is, like, really made me realize how lame my life is. But that's that's cool. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Shut up. Your life is amazing. And... I swear to God, if I was having family over every freaking second week, basically, it seems mm-hmm. like in the summer, mm-hmm. I would not be a happy camper. No. That's a lot. And especially like your husband is going away for work a lot. You're alone. Yep. Nope. Sarah, that's legitimate. You're allowed to have that as your pit. Thank you. Thank you for validating my feelings because I feel like such a whiny little bitch. I'm glad that me saying that your life is the pits is comforting to you. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what are we going to talk about this week? Okay. We are going to talk about Roni, episode four, Real Housewives of Atlanta, of course, episode 13, and Real Housewives of Orange County, episode 10. And I'm excited. These were all... I thought very, very good episodes. I listened to a few other podcasts. Um, One in particular just absolutely despises OC. And I don't know, like, am I alone on this? Because I'm loving it. You're not. I'm pretty sure I know the podcast you speak of. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that they're going to change their tune pretty quick because everybody that I'm seeing is really enjoying OC now. Like everyone's saying it's kind of gone back to the old OC. Like I'm really enjoying it. The drama and like it's actual, it's real drama, but it's not nasty drama. And we're getting like Shannon is walking out. She's breaking the fourth wall. Like she's going into the producer's tent. Like, come on. It does not get better than that. I'm glad we shared that. 
I was also pretty impressed. Oh, okay. That's probably going a little bit far, but I was a little bit impressed with New York this week. This was probably the first episode so far that felt like an actual episode where we're getting to know these ladies. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk about New York? I mean, it starts off like we finally get some fucking shakshuka <laughs> after all the like shakshuka drama. Finally get to see it. We finally get to see Aaron making it. And we're getting those background details about these women. Like, I didn't know Uba created some kind of hot sauce that was one of Oprah's favorite things. So she's obviously a bit of an entrepreneur, which is cool. I thought she was, I don't want to say just a model, but I thought she was just a model. Yeah, I loved it. And then, I mean, kind of the biggest deal in this episode is Bryn and the things that she's starting to reveal. I'm loving that it's something that isn't sexual. And I'm beginning to see what she's revealing. That's why she's so overly sexual. Like she uses her sexuality to cover up what she's seriously uncomfortable about. And that is a lot of character development for Bryn. But again, there is no real footage from their wild night the night before. And it just bums me out. Like, they kind of flash back to it, refer to it. I want to see it. So remember last week, we were talking about this a little bit about how it feels almost like a COVID episode. Like, these women are just going from house to house to house. I was on Reddit last night, and there was a discussion about this. And somebody... I should probably know their username, but if you're listening to this, you know I'm talking about you, pointed this out, and it was fascinating. There are so many permits in New York for filming. When you do a reality TV show like this, if they were to go to a fashion show or go to like a big party, they production has to pay a lot of money to do that. So on a reality show, when you see them and they're only staying in private residences, it means they don't have the budget. Ah, I don't know what that means for the rest of the season. We might never see them go to any kind of big social function because there's no budget for it. Okay. But old New York, they were all over the place, weren't they? Like I know. So they gotta have a little more budget wiggle room here. I'm guessing when the show started, maybe the rules and laws were different for filming and then by the time the like all the permits and everything came into play there was a much bigger budget so they could afford to do that I don't I'm not quite sure and I'm not saying this is true either but it does answer a lot of questions people are having about why are we at your house why are we just going from house to house like yes and a couple restaurants that is so strange okay well it does make sense it really does make sense. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated Bryn opening up this episode. I thought it was really emotional. And but my my takeaway at that breakfast table when Bryn was talking about her relationship or lack thereof with her parents, like my takeaway was that Aaron clearly does not go deep with Bryn. And they seem to be close, but like she had no idea about how bad her family situation was growing up. It could be that Bryn avoids talking about it kind of as we saw in her confessionals and I do feel like Bryn absolutely uses humor and flirting as a way to divert from what I imagine is probably sadness 
like the three times engaged. That was interesting to me. And I really do feel like I get from Bryn, she loves hard and all she wants is a family. Yes, I noticed that too. And I think you're right that she covers up her sadness with like a facade of humor. Honestly, this makes me like her more than when I thought like it was all flirting and sex and that's all she had to her. Like now that I know she's twisted and broken, I'm like, "Mm okay, I like you. Yes. Yes. Like, we're getting such a good backstory on her. Why on earth would they have waited this long, like, production, to actually show us these behind the scenes of the women? Like, where they came from? Why they are the way that they are? Like, I finally feel like I'm maybe starting to form a connection with them. And it's annoying because now we almost have to do the work to disassemble our previous assumptions. Like the the things I assumed about Bryn that were wrong, the things that I assumed about Uba and Jessel that are wrong. It feels like I'm playing catch up to figure out who is who and what they're all about. So it feels very disjointed, but I hope going forward now we're going to start to build on this. It's like reading a book and starting in the middle and going backwards and you're like, but that character was an asshole, you know? I mean, Bryn's story about the black hair salon, I thought was one of the best scenes of the episode. Like it was so heartwarming, but also so sad. And it did. It gave us so much insight into her childhood. (sighs) It just would have been so nice to start with this. But I'm just thankful Mm -hmm. we're getting it, you know? I'm with you, Norelle, on Bryn. I really wasn't sure if she needed attention because she's so overtly sexual with everyone, honestly, men, women, whatever, or if she was just doing it to be performative and showy. Like, I I just wasn't sure about her. So it definitely seems now like there's legit reasons why she craves attention, positive or negative. And then we've got Uba's discussion as well with her business consultant. I thought that was really revealing. She's got some insecurities, like it looks like major insecurities that are holding her back a little bit in business. We see that she's still super affected by the loss of her mother. She's obviously feeling a lack of like maybe community, but definitely family. I think she feels very alone. And her advice, oh my God, her advice to people who still have their mothers, uh, that brought tears to my eyes. Like I was bawling. Oh my God. I was honestly, it, I was crying. I was crying. I would never would have suspected Uba to be self-conscious or anything like that, have those types of insecurities. But when you come from such, what seems like such a tight family Mm -hmm. and then to not have that anymore. Oh man, that's, that's a lot to process. It seriously is. I like Uba. I think she's such a great mix of quirky, fun. She's obviously very hardworking. And I really appreciated seeing the side to her this episode. It was so nice. She really is, I think, that perfect mix of quirky, kind and sassy. Like you almost need one of these. You need a an Uba in every franchise. She's the breath of fresh air. Almost. I hope she stays that way. And I do love that it You know, she's got a little bit more depth to her, and we're starting to find that out. We also got to see Sai and her husband. So we are getting some husband time. We talked about how we wanted that last week. So super here for that. 
I think, you know, they might be in the running for cutest housewife couple ever. <laughs> like, they genuinely seem to like each other. And that is rare on these shows. So loving that for Sai. I do know during this whole, uh, I think they were making pizza during this scene, a lot was said. But Sarah, I got I to tell, I have to say this. I was completely distracted by her fucking cabinets in her kitchen. <laughs> Sarah, they were busted. (laughs) She's got the most gorgeous granite countertop. She has a $12,000 oven range. And yet her cabinet doors are the most budget, broken, chipped, ugly pieces of MDF shit I've ever seen in my life. Now, I will be completely upfront here, people. I used to be a cabinet maker, so maybe nobody else is as confused by this as I am. However, I just, it's weird. There's white tape along the side of one cabinet where it meets the wall. Like, shut up. Yes. Oh my God. To disguise a gap in her like bank of cabinets, the only reason that comes to mind for someone to do this is perhaps an influencer that doesn't have as much money as she's trying to display. And so she slapped a beautiful granite countertop on top of some busted ass cabinets, Hmm. stuck a really nice oven in there, but she's actually just doing it for show. Hmm. I'm just wondering, I think they did a quick and dirty reno, you know, before shooting started, they wanted to seem more affluent than they really are. And honestly... Speaking for myself here, but I would have preferred to see them in their real environment and not a manufactured for the camera environment. But anyways, I'm sorry, like totally sidetracked by this. <laughs> I'm sure you have some more pertinent housewife uh, information to talk about. But yeah, her cabinets are busted and she's a liar. Oh my God. Okay. I did not notice the cabinets until you messaged me in like a full rage about them. Like, okay, they, yes, they were bad. Either way, her work ethic is great. She seems to be slaying. Her work ethic is great. She's putting in the work, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what I did love is Bryn and Sai's relationship and the Bryn's giving. I thought that was like such a sweet gesture from Sai. And seeing Sai being like warm with Bryn, that honestly tells me a lot about her character. She is rooting for the underdog. And looking at Bryn, I would never think of her as, you know, someone who's hurting or struggling so bad. And it is a good reminder to all of us. Like, I'm I'm very emotional this episode, but it is a good reminder. You just can't judge a book by their cover. But it was so clear that Bryn, like Sai knows Bryn quite well. Or she just has that instinct and picking up on those vibes. I loved David, Sai's husband, how he kind of came to Jessel's defense. Like he came in with some wisdom there when they were talking about Jessel and Pavit and why they haven't had sex. And I'm glad someone is seeing it and empathizing. Like we don't know if Jessel is suffering with postpartum hormones or what. Kids are exhausting for sure. But I think David is right. They need to get away from the kids and try to connect. Yes. Honestly, it's giving such big green flags. Yeah. Both Cy and David. I mean, lies about money and finances aside. (laughs) 
<laughs> like the way he prefaced his opinion by saying he doesn't know what it's like to have babies. I just thought that was really very cool. So cool. And I agree. I do think she probably knows Bryn, but I think she is also very intuitive and she's picking up on the fact that Bryn is feeling very down and very sad and alone. And it was just such a nice thing to do for her. Even though it ended in Bryn in tears, I think that this was probably a moment Bryn needed to connect with everybody. Yes, 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 yes. Definitely. I don't know if it's just me, but I did find it a little bit tacky when Jessel was talking about choosing where the twins were going to go to school. Uh, She did not once mention the actual education or quality of education that she might, you know, be expecting the kids to receive from this school. No, no, no. All she did was talk about the caliber of the people that they would grow up around, the kind of charcuterie boards that would be served, the cost. I think a lot of people do make their decisions about where their kids go to school based on stuff like this, especially people in New York. I get it. I'm not that naive. However, Super tacky to say it out loud on TV. Like, keep that to yourself. Oh, this public school mom over here was so envious that these options are even available for Jessel. Her attitude was so gross to me. So, so gross. Diminishing, classist, all of the things. But the thing with Jessel, it just feels so showy. But it also feels very authentic for her. Mm. You know, just kind of like her desire to rent a Hamptons house for the summer. Would Jessel even have fun in the Hamptons? No. But she still (laughs) wants to say she did. No. And you know what? I think this is what's going to make Jessel a fantastic housewife. Yes. She's very entertaining. Highly. You were right when you pointed out the Ramona-esque qualities in Jessel. She's like Ramona and Luann combined. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and so then we also got a flashback of Jenna and Jessel. And I guess they went out shopping for like a thank you gift for Aaron for having the girls over and starving them with no heat. Uh, The two of them are having a discussion (laughs) about what happened with the lingerie. So they kind of agree like to talk to each other about stuff like this going forward But then we see Jessel and she's telling Pavit that all the women were pretty childish about this whole situation. Like, girl, Jessel, the woman who threw a tantrum because her lingerie set was not as pretty as she thought everybody else's was. She believes that the other women were being too immature. Come on. (laughs) I honestly really believe it was that size large tag on that lingerie that Jessel had the biggest issue with. It was so obvious to me because she's so insecure. But I did really enjoy Pavit being honest with her. And when he told her, like, you come off the wrong way a lot of time because your tone of voice is just... He did say it, but he implied she's bitchy. Like, and she is. She's totally bitchy. But that off the side footage of Jessel and Jenna shopping and Jessel tells Jenna straight up, next time I'm insensitive, call me out and tell me I'm being an asshole. I, I love that. And I do feel like that Jessel is trying to be honest about kind of who she is here, like a kind of acknowledging that she isn't the most sensitive. 
would she do this with any of the other women, do you think? Or is she being this understanding, this apologetic, because it's Jenna freaking Lyons? Jenna did say in a confessional that she thinks, you know, I think Jessel is trying too hard and but she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. I want to trust Jenna, but for Jessel to not have a mean bone in her body, honey, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, maybe Jenna's not the best judge of character. <laughs> I mean, true. But the thing that kind of cracked me up is Jessel was so pissed that Aaron is sigh. Norelle, the crazy cackling hags, uh, involved the whole group. But I'm like, Jessel, this is the show. <laughs> yeah. But I do find Aaron very immature in a way that Jessel isn't. And I saw it all throughout this episode. I have so many thoughts on Aaron. I think Jessel is just seriously so insecure, but Aaron is petty. As we see later on, we'll, we will talk about it. That cackling hag comment haunts us. Mm, I think you're right, Erin's. Her immaturity is disguised under a veil of, like, false maturity. Yes! She's, she's calculating, and I think maybe she's the most concerned about her image. Like, I'm starting to sense mm. she puts a lot of effort into being the cool girl, like the chill girl, the girl who's just too cool for school, you know? And like, mm -hmm. like, I just kind of sense she cares a lot more than she's letting on. Like, that's her whole shtick. I wonder if you notice this. Did you notice Erin? Erin called Jenna Judgy? Like, I'm so torn here. Maybe she is, but... What's your thoughts, Nar? Uh, no, I've not seen any signs of judginess from Jenna. That comment, like, it made me wonder, too, was that just Aaron being insecure because Aaron is judgy? Or, I mean, maybe we haven't even been, sh like, shown the scenes of Jenna being judgy. Maybe, maybe that's a secret producers are, I don't know. But no, <laughs> absolutely not. All I could think about was, you know, Aaron just, you know, oh, look at me. I'm so like normal. I have, you know, little sticky hands on my ceiling. I'm just such a mom. You hear Aaron trying to give Jenna her mom's boob mug slash creamer jug from the 80s makes me think she's trying to make her bond with her so much stronger. You know, the same way Jenna bonded with Jessel's mom so much. It felt desperate and forced like look mm. this is from my mom i loved when jenna just shut her down she's like it's a creamer okay whoa like i missed the whole trying to give it away part i did not catch that at all did jenna take it no i don't think so unless i okay really misinterpreted that it's really weird. I would not have taken somebody's precious booby cup that their mom gave her. Like, that is a little bit too on the nose as well. Like, give the lesbian the boob cup. Yes. Yes. Do you know what else is a little bit forced? I have a feeling that Erin threw those sticky hands up on her ceiling herself. <laughs> yes, Narelle. I am with you. Definitely a little bit forced. Definitely... Like I said, like we're starting to see, I think she's very aware of the image that she's trying to put across here. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because she even she's trying so hard to be New York. 
I'm so yeah. New York. My parents were realtors and investors and all the things. And we went to the yeah. ballet and Brad Pitt and Angelina or whatever. Like it was just so OTT. And she is the most concerned. Definitely not the backstory that's making her any more interesting. No, like I don't think we're going to see much of her backstory. I think she relies on what she's showing us now. It's going to be manufactured. Mm-hmm. One thing that I am always interested in seeing, though, is Jenna's style. Every time she shows up, the only one that I'm really interested in seeing what she's wearing is Jenna. And I feel like this is true for the ladies, too. And this just goes to show a woman who dresses for herself and not for the male gaze. She is the one everybody wants to look at. She is the most interesting to look at. Yes, she is so herself. And she has such a strong sense of her own style. She doesn't dress like any of the others. And I'm here for it. Okay, so we're at Friendsgiving, Narelle. And you have a fabulous outfit, and someone asks you to take off your shoes. What are your thoughts? Where do you stand on this? I need to know. I stand barefoot on this because <laughs> I am for it. I wish that this was a universal rule, if I'm honest. Like, shoes are filthy, especially shoes in New York. I cannot even imagine how filthy those shoes would be. Ugh. Like, I actually travel with house slippers. I bring them over to my friend's houses and I put my house slippers on. Like if I'm spending any time at someone's place, imagine their collective faces <laughs> if I rocked up in like Bryn's dress and then I just slapped on my Birkenstock slippers. <laughs> what do you think? I love it. I love it. Oh, I am 100% with Sai on this and you. There mm -hmm. was an instance in my early 20s where I was sitting on my balcony in my apartment, and I watched a man flip in what's the thing where the plug one of the nostrils and the like, oh, yeah, a mm -hmm. snot rocket. Yes, snot uh -huh. rocket. Uh huh. He did Stop that it. all over, right, like right beside where I get into my car. And I'm like, <gasps> my first thought was, oh my God, I will bring his snot into my house. So, like, yeah. ever since then, I'm like, absolutely not. Take your disgusting shoes off. And yeah. it is so not a Canadian thing. Like, nobody I know leaves their shoes on in the house in Canada. But in when I, like, I have American relatives, it is definitely more of a thing there. It's weird. I've never thought about that. But you are absolutely right. It is a, an Amer a very American thing. I'm trying to think of anybody's house that I would comfortably wear yeah. shoes into. <laughs> Never. Do they do it in Australia? I don't think so. I lived in some pretty dirty houses, though. Right. Okay. I will okay. say there is a line for me. If I walk in and it is a barn, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep my shoes on. I don't want to get any diseases. Yeah. Yeah. It's for your own safety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's a line. <laughs> Okay, and this I wanted to ask you about the scene where Jessel has arrived and she's, you know, she's gone up to Aaron and she's kind of expressing how bad she feels about the fact that Aaron's grandmother had passed away. Like Aaron's reaction, it was, it was a little real to me. Like how many times have you and I exchanged a look like that 
to one another in a social situation when somebody with the missing link, as Aaron called it, has said something totally unempathetic, like Jessel did with the, <laughs> what did she say? Oh, I hope it went well. I hope it went well. Okay, 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 okay. I have so many thoughts on this. And for me, this was the most interesting scene. Because yes, you and I are definitely probably more empathetic than the standard. Uh, So we absolutely pick up on those vibes and that missing link. And we have a lot of people, you know, that we know that that do have that missing link for us. Yes, I'm sorry (laughs) to say. But I watched this scene a few times because something didn't quite sit right with me when Aaron got mad at Jessel. Mm-hmm. I actually think, okay, Jessel started out strong and I thought she was quite kind and she mentioned it. I didn't see the other people mentioning it, but Aaron was being super fucking frosty toward Jessel right out of the gate because she's pissed about that bloody cackling hags comment. And Jessel was standing there. It wasn't a short interaction. She kept asking questions. And I think Jessel could feel the vibes. She was like Aaron was given off. And it just got progressively more awkward. And then she just wanted to run away like, okay, I'm glad it went well. Bye-bye. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because as you're saying this, I can definitely see myself saying something just as awkward in a situation like that and then spending the rest of my fucking life thinking about it once a week yes jenna on the other hand was totally unable to do any shit stirring i think because right away she's just kind of backpedaling on telling aaron that Mm -hmm. jessel called them cackling hags and she's claiming you know i didn't really mean it that way it wasn't said that way it wasn't actually that bad it's just what did she say? My old lady brain. Like yes. it popped out. I don't know why I said it. I don't think she quite has the cojones. Cajones? Cajon. Cajulis. Cajones. Cajones. <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> to stand behind herself. Like when she has stirred the pot, I feel like she attempted to and then she backed down. That's what I think she did. Yeah, I know. I know. I kind of worry about Jenna. Like she's probably too nice. Mm-hmm. Aaron begged Jenna to tell her what Jessel said. Did Jessel say anything? Did Jessel say anything? And now Aaron, the same person who begged Jenna to tell her, is pretty much throwing Jenna under the bus by spreading this rumor to the entire group. And she is pissed. Like, this is a classic housewife move. Good for you, Aaron. Right out of the playbook. I think, you know, I love Jenna's, like, old lady brain excuse. But it's definitely, in my opinion, more because Erin begged her and she succumbed to that girl group pressure trying to fit in. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right again. I don't think Jenna has it in her like to throw anyone under the bus. At least nobody that Jenna likes and respects. And I don't think any of them know each other well enough yet to truly dislike each other, except maybe Erin and Chussel. But... (laughs) Now that I'm thinking about it, Erin, like, she really did try her best just to, like, drag it out of Jenna. And, okay, yeah, you're right. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I'm on your side. <laughs> I got really distracted in this scene again because I could see size cabinets from the table. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Those fucking cabinets. Oh my god, Sarah, I couldn't, I can't, I can't stop seeing I'm just going to be looking at everybody's cabinets now. 
so then, okay, we got to the point in the episode where Bryn started to share the details of her first six months of life with her parents, and she is visibly oh. distraught. Everybody else is starting to break down around her. Everyone feels awful for her. I feel awful for her. And in her confessional, she she seems truly ashamed, and it is heartbreaking. Like when when the producers are trying to ask her about it, that comment she made about not being picked up for six days oh and that her God. diaper was never changed. Like these are details of horrific child abuse. And I'm just, I'm so sad to hear that this kind of thing has happened to her. And it really makes me rethink why Bryn behaves the way that she does. And I think why she might be looking for any kind of attention that she can get now as an adult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And to not ever have a relationship with your parents after that, like this scene made me sob just thinking about, oh my God, I could tear up. I'm so emotional today, guys. I don't know why. To think about a poor little innocent baby and all I can say is thank God for her incredible grandmother who did her Thank very God, best. Yeah. 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 No, we're definitely learning a lot about Bryn. Yeah. And it did kind of strike me as odd, though. They're like, to be continued. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Um, Just like every week? Yeah, I- exactly. And I kind of thought, what an odd moment to try to lure us back with, you know, <laughs> like, oh, a very yeah. tragic. That is actually a little bit of a tacky yes. tactic that yeah. they use like i didn't care oh, here's for that. a person having a big emotional breakdown and let's cut it in half so that we can really draw people in yeah. next week and it's something i think we all kind of wanted to kind of yeah. end because it was so dark and awful anyway but it is it is quite silly because i'm like yeah no it's true it will continue next week you don't have to put that there we know that we watch you every week it's a continuing series i don't i don't like it i don't like it at all well that kind of takes us to the end of new york and i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that was my favorite episode so far definitely we needed this episode yeah Narelle, can we talk about OC now, please, please, please? Yes, we definitely (laughs) can. Let's head over to Orange County. We're going to talk about a doppelganger disaster. Okay, the way this episode is opening up, it made me so excited for what's to come. Like, I love the flashbacks, and I love the fact we're getting a doppelganger. Is that how you say it? Doppelganger party? Like, it's in the works. I'm thrilled, and it better not disappoint. This is where I was at last night. I'm, like, pumped up. (laughs) I know. The beginning of this episode was epic, but do you know it was not epic? (laughs) Was the scene with Tamara and Eddie where they're talking about cut fitness again. Oh, God. Stop it. Stop it right now. I don't want to hear about this fucking gym anymore. (laughs) This is really starting to annoy me. I think part of what's annoying me, too, is they have another business. Eddie has another business. They run a CBD company. He does have other things to do. Why is she just constantly talking about how emotional it was that cut fitness is gone and now I have to listen to him eat food? 
Oh my god. It definitely seemed like cut fitness meant more to Tamara than it did Eddie. Yeah, actually. She's really projecting it onto Eddie, which is strange. He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, he, I think Eddie's like a golden retriever. He's always kind of fine. Yeah, big golden retriever vibes. Very, 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 very. And like, to me, this is such a blatant attempt, in my opinion, to kind of excuse Tamara's shitty behavior. She's using it. But it's also maybe in a weird way, her attempt to be relatable perhaps like mm. oh boohoo my husband is home and all over me and is so annoying and blah 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 and sarah's like that is not relatable at all not relatable no my husband is not here and i have to take care of his family <laughs> yes yes that's fucking relatable <laughs> and then we got to see heather and gina at the most beautiful succulent store heaven what is this place i loved it I'm a sucker for succulents. But then, of course, Heather brings up the way Shannon has been poking around about Gina's relationship with Travis. And I mean, fair enough, Shannon, because we are wondering too. And Heather and Gina are absolutely spot on that Shannon is just trying to deflect here. In her confessional, Gina is obviously annoyed by the fact that Heather herself is kind of deflecting during this conversation that she brought up herself, you know, not wanting to rock the Shannon boat because she likes where they're at in her relation in their friendship, like especially the last six months or so. Honestly, I think it just comes down to Heather. Again, she doesn't want to do it on camera. She's yeah. probably much more vocal about her opinions off camera, but on camera, she's neutral. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> right away, all I could think was... Ah, I can see Gina is now about to have the same fight with Shannon as she did Heather, because obviously there is concerns about her and Travis's relationship, not Travis's role. Let's be honest here. We're talking about Gina being hung up on her asshole, yeah. horrible monster of an ex. So I, I know I can tell like Heather is kind of kind of trying to see if Gina will say anything. And Gina's trying to see if if Heather will say anything about Shannon and John. But I think Heather is totally just trying to divert the vitriol from Gina off of her and directing it mm. towards Shannon now. Like, I don't blame her. But the thing is, with Shannon, she is so protective of her and John's relationship. And it's strange. And I hate it. It's it's really bad. It is really bad. Oh, my God. And Sarah, her voice, her voice, her voice. <laughs> Her voice was at an all-time high or low, depending on which way you want to look at it in this mm -hmm. episode. But she made a comment that is true, hard to hear in her voice. She said that Shannon just feels okay. No way. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it in Gina's voice. Just feels like she needs something to talk about, and she doesn't want to talk about herself. And I don't like that. Yes, Narelle. Yes, you nailed that, Gina. But it's also true. It is true what she I mean, says. It that is, is true. <laughs> but dude, doesn't isn't fucking Gina doing the same thing? <laughs> like, yeah, this is where I can't with yep. with both of these women. Okay, okay, good. I wanted to ask you when Heather says in her confessional talking about someone and talking against someone. There is a difference. Is there a difference? I think there is. I think I understand what Heather is 
going for here. It's different to talk about a friend with another friend from a point of concern. Yes. When you're saying, you know what, I really don't like the way that she has been describing their arguments. I don't think John is treating her very well versus, well, you know what? Like she has been talking about my relationship, okay? And like (laughs) I don't like it when she does things to me. Like the way that Gina's going about it is a nasty way, whereas I can believe Heather was coming from a good point. Like – yeah. It comes down, this whole episode, it comes down to who is saying what on camera. And Heather has only ever been neutral. She has. She has. Gina, Emily, and Tamara, of course. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And I totally agreed. Like, I was nodding enthusiastically. Like, yes, Heather. I am so with you. Yeah, she was on it. She was great. She had a great episode. I'm like... A fucking Heather Debro sedan today. Next yep, week it may change. A same, probably, but for now, standing. Standing. Okay, one thing I did want to ask you about was that scene with Jen and her friend, her old friend from when she was a kid, I guess. They had dinner the night before with Ryan, and the subject of marriage came up. Oh my God. And Ryan allegedly, not allegedly, because he said it. He sees them getting married within the next 12 months. Why do I not believe this is ever going to happen? Is it because I'm bitter and resentful? (laughs) Because I am. Probably that is exactly what it is. But I just, I don't believe a word that he says. The fact that Jen doesn't want to marry Ryan, like she is so fearful he's going to cheat on her. And Jen, you are, you're being prophetic here. Not pathetic, but also maybe a little pathetic. The word I said was prophetic. She needs to sit with this feeling because I think she deserves more than Ryan. He is going to cheat on her. He tells everyone what they want to hear. There's nothing authentic about him. Mm -hmm. I think the most authentic thing is that he admits he's a cheater. And I think he'll always be a cheater. And Jen, when she said like... I, I I don't think I want to get married because I'm very concerned Ryan will feel trapped when I when we get married. So she knows that. <laughs> like, yeah. stay with it, Jen. Like, my note was, trust that gut, Jen. Keep dating. Yep. Keep getting laid by Ryan. It, never marry this man, okay? And he's so... It, it's just so cringy to me. I'm sorry. I don't know how Jen is attracted to this man. His personality sucks. Everything about him sucks. I don't even think he's good looking because his personality is so bad. No. There's nothing about him that's attractive. Anyway. Blah, 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 blah. He dresses. He dresses like a straight magician. Like, <laughs> I can't. There's nothing. There's no redeemable qualities. I can't even be like, well, at least he's hot. Well, he is juggling a lot of balls. (laughs) His own. His own. Fuck, man. Okay, so now we're getting into the scenes. Everyone's like, they're getting ready. You know, they're having like pre-drinks and they're getting their makeup done. And you can tell like shit is gonna go down. Vicky giving Shannon a pep talk was all I needed to see. And Shannon talking about how many people have told her she seems so happy with John. Oh, fuck off, Shannon. Okay, like, that's all I needed to know as well. I do have to say, though, Vicky dressing as herself. <laughs> Love it. I don't 
I did not like it. I, I did not like it. I love it. It is so Vicky. That just makes me feel like nobody asked her to take part in this, that she's just showing up to the party. Do you need, like, even numbers for that, or... Uh, Maybe she was one too. Many. I don't know. I don't know either. I can't figure that don't, out. I'm too dumb. Don't even. I can't figure that out on the fly. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Why would you bring that up? Now you have exposed how stupid I am. No, <laughs> I'm the one who asked. <laughs> so we have decided to do some doppelganger ratings. Yes, we're gonna rate the ladies' looks. Uh, one to ten, I think we did, right? Yeah, one to ten. Because I love this idea. I think this was a fantastic party theme. Way to go, Tamara. It's going to stir up some shit, which it did. Well, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I love this idea as well, but when I actually imagine doing it, oh, it's <laughs> horrifying. Imagine someone showing up dressed as I. Nope, can't no. do it. I would be automatically offended. It doesn't matter. Same. Yeah. Before they even got there, I would already be offended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's do our ratings. Okay. Let's start with Tamara as Heather. Tamara as Fancy Pants. For me, tens across the board. I thought this was fantastic. She looked like her. She looked like her. I gave her a nine only because the um the tights, the the pantyhose, the whatever she had on. Right. Just didn't scream Mrs. Debro, even though she was True. Ho Debro or whatever it was. Deho. Deho, oh yeah. <laughs> Heather Deho. Sorry, I thought it was Ho Debro. Had to just put her own Tamara spin on it, I guess. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Then we've got Jen as Taylor. So between the lips and the smudge lord, the cat, uh, I gave her a nine, a solid nine. Me too. I gave her a nine too because nice. that was impressive. Everything was great about it. She put a lot of effort. She put a lot of effort into it. I applaud she her. She did. Then we've got Gina as Emily. I knew who she was right away. So that got her big points. I was a little bit annoyed by the fake but inserts though so i had to dock her a point for that so that brought her down to an eight yeah the like if you're gonna do fake butt you gotta do fake tits because yeah honestly like either go big or go home even it out and i loved how she's like i had to grow a body in a few days i'm like oh fuck off okay i'm so skinny you guys i have to put in a fake butt in order to (laughs) like look like my friend emily Mm-hmm. okay i gave her an eight but just talking about her has made me want to reduce it to six. <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll leave it with our initial initial eights uh, then we've got emily is shannon so i gave her an eight until she fell down and the way that she <laughs> fell down was so shannon that i had to give her a nine <laughs> oh my god emily for me it was a 10 out of 10 baby I love, I loved it. The fall, the the glasses fucking killed me. I was so obsessed. I love Emily, though. I just, I'm a big Emily fan. I, I am as well. I am as well. The wig was a winner as well. Big. <laughs> yes. She could have also been Kim Zolciak, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we've got Heather as Jen. This, uh. I was. Yep, it was fine. But mm. I didn't really I didn't really get Jen vibes. I gave her a six. I gave her a six as well. Oh my god, we're twins. 
The hair. The hair. We are like I thought it was the hair was terrible. I terrible. think Heather had she had more in her. She could have done a better job. Agreed. She's got the most money, so she could have definitely got a new wig. <laughs> she should have just broke out that money gun at the wig shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this brings us to Taylor as Tamara. This was my loser. This was the lowest rank for me. I mm. gave Taylor a four. I thought it was really lazy. You know what? It was lazy. I I gave her a six because I kind of got Tamara vibes. <laughs> like, I really did. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. And then we've got Shannon as Gina. I think she did a fantastic job, but it was almost too literal. So I gave her a seven. Yeah, I didn't actually really like this one. I gave her a seven as well, oddly enough. Holy moly. But she, yeah, it kind of missed the mark for me. Kind of missed the mark. Yeah. We're pretty united on our ranking. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Vicky. Vicky was a 10 out of 10. Doesn't even count. 10 out of 10, baby. Well, I give <laughs> I give Vicky a zero, so that brings her up to five. <laughs> oh, my God. Sarah, how are they doing keg stands? How Jesus. are these severely maturely aged women doing keg stands? I feel like they must have grown up where we did because, like, I... <laughs> Okay, but we grew up where we did, and we're not doing cake No, I don't think I ever did. Um, yeah, no. And Heather hated watching Tamara be oh, yeah. like a slutty Heather. Oh. Hated. She hated it. <laughs> uh, Gina also hated Shannon's look. Like, hated it. Was so angry that, oh, Shannon picked a time in my life where I was at my lowest, and you know, I just thought, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it was an iconic look for you, I guess, Gina, like, as iconic as you could get. One of your Madonna, your Madonna times, oh. you delusional woman. She got so butthurt over it. And like the way she was like, oh, she dressed up as me at the worst time in my life. Okay, let's be real. If Gina is going to put on a fucking fat butt suit, to become Emily, who, by the way, genuinely laughed at this parody of herself, yeah. then this bitch needs to have some thicker skin herself. No she doubt. was so mean-spirited as well. Like, as the party went on, the way she was making comments about how she couldn't tell the difference between Emily dressed up as Shannon and real Shannon and that fucking laugh. That laugh. Did you hear the laugh? The world heard that. What was that? <laughs> oh my god it's like a fucking horror movie you nailed it oh. i don't know what that laugh i've not That's i don't scary. think i've ever heard her make that sound before no and now i don't know if you've seen but this little feud has transferred over to social media right. gina and shannon are duking it out well I mean, kind of, because Shannon is actually mopping the floor with Gina. I saw that. And Gina is basically victimizing herself, saying it's pretty tacky for Shannon to dress up as her during the period of time where she was being abused. Oh. Well, you know what? We think it's tacky that you are trying to rewrite your ex-husband's isolated domestic violence situation in order to get more child support. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's so, there is so much. Yeah, 
I know. I'm sorry. I went off there a little bit. No, thank you. Thank you. I think you just ranted for all of us collectively. It's so hard to watch. She is so hard to watch. I really strongly believe in my gut. She had a terrible season last season. People really despised Mm. her. She was up Heather's butt. And this is almost worse this season. I think she's on her way out. Yeah, she's on her way out. She's done. She is done. No one wants her back. Emily is so much better without her around. I mean, yeah. I, I I think she knows and she is desperate. I just don't like her. She's all over the place. No, I don't like her either. And I gotta, I have got to hand it to Tamara and Jen for coming up with this party theme because it was the perfect disaster in the making <laughs> yes. for a group of women who have any tension. Like, this is it. This is definitely gonna <laughs> bring it all to the surface. Uh-huh. And it's already beginning because Shannon, when you can see it on her face, when she's watching people laugh as Gina says that she can't tell who the actual Shannon is, Shannon or Emily. And then just as soon as Tamara tries to insert herself and ask Heather if she said that Shannon's relationship was bad, Shannon takes her off to the side immediately alone. Yeah. And of course, Heather denies, denies, denies. And you know what? I think I might believe her. She makes a great point as well that Shannon is way too concerned about what everyone thinks of her relationship versus her actual relationship. Yes, that was such a poignant statement. And it's the truth. It's absolutely the truth. Like Shannon pulling Heather away was so gross to me. And it's just another attempt to hush everyone else. But at this point, Mm -hmm. Shannon, it's a group discussion, honey. Tamara has told you that everyone knows. Talk about it. Address it. You're little, you're, you pulling people off to the side, having little side conversations. That proves to me, honestly, you have been lying to people or telling people things that are perhaps exaggerated or not true or whatever. And you don't want to say them out loud. Like mm-hmm. Heather denying all of it. I, 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 I kind of thought her face looked a little guilty. But I still believe her because you know why? That wasn't guilt. I think that was more fear. Heather knows Mm. this is not safe territory. She knows these women are setting her up and making her the villain. Like she absolutely nailed it for me when she said that statement about Shannon caring more about who was talking about her relationship than her actual relationship with this John asshole guy. In my opinion, Narelle, Shannon has blabbed about her relationship and talked about her paralyzing fights. She wanted sympathy. She wanted empathy. She made a ginormous deal out of it to these women and then absolutely hated it. The next day, when she had made up with John, that these women were still like, uh, shell-shocked, I guess? You can't have it all, Mm -hmm. Shannon. You're a fake. You're a bloody fake, Shannon. Yes, I'm totally questioning now, like whether or not this is just all part of the collective plan that we talked about previously to take Heather down. Like Shannon is trying to say it could only have come from Heather as if Heather is the only person she told. And I'm thinking like, are they even that close that she's the only one that Shannon would have divulged this info to? No, no. 
And then the way Tamara and Emily are continually getting involved in Shannon's refusal to talk about it as a group, like she wants to take Heather off to the side, it sort of seems like a conspiracy to me. And one of my favorite parts of the episode happened when Heather and Shannon are off to the side and Tamara is sitting there busy trying to correlate with everyone. Did you, did Heather talk to you? Did Heather talk to you? And Heather says loudly, what are you whispering about, Tamara? Love it. <laughs> Tamara Love just pauses like deer in the headlights. And you can see like you can mm. see on her face like <laughs> the rat that moment. She's she's been. Being a bit of a rat, I'm sorry to say. She is. And I'm also sorry to say that I love it a lot. <laughs> I know. I know. God, it kind of felt like, is Shannon getting Heather back for last season? Is she the ringleader here? Or is it Tamara? Mm. At this point, it could be Emily. could be Gina. Like, there's a big Attack Heather vibes going on. I wouldn't be surprised if it's all of them. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Shannon is involved and is... You know, throwing herself under the bus in order to take Heather down. And I love that Heather is seeing it happen and is not letting it happen. Yes, she is rocking it. And I'm so impressed with how she handles all of it. But why? Like, why do they hate Heather so much? I I honestly am so perplexed by it. Could just be a personality thing. Mm-hmm. They're just years of being annoyed by fancy pants. Yeah. I don't... I don't know, but the conversation really takes a downward turn at this point and starts to spiral a little bit. Everybody is voicing their opinion on how Shannon's relationship sucks. Everyone's calling out Heather. And when Heather tries to point out that everybody has been talking about it, not just her, Shannon says, no, Heather, we are not going to do this in a group setting. And that is bullshit because Shannon knows the truth is going to come out if everybody talks about it as a group. So now everyone starts yelling, except for Heather. Her lips are zipped. Heather knows they're all coming after her. And the thing that is so crazy to me is that it really is everybody else giving life to this rumor on camera. All Heather has ever done is said very neutral things on camera. Don't know what she said off camera, but everybody else is the one bringing it up on camera. Bingo. And Shannon is still holding Heather under the fire for it. Like throwing in Heather's face that, you know, John is so private and he will be so pissed. That was ridiculous. If John can't handle it, deal with it appropriately, Shannon. Get off the damn show or end things with John. What is more important to you? It's so ridiculous. You're teetering this line and neither things are working out right now for you. And it is very obvious. So Tamara coming back for you is the best thing that could have ever happened. Because honestly, Shannon, you're fucking boring. But despite all that, like you're entertaining, but you're also very boring. You have no storyline. Like I, again, think Heather handled it super well, whether it's true or not, whatever. But meanwhile, Shannon is so pissed at Heather for discussing details of her and John's issues. And Emily sitting at the table telling everybody (laughs) the actual Mm -hmm. details that John left her at Nobu and there was a big fight. And then Gina coming in to say, I I think it was an isolated, I can't do the Gina voice, but I think it was an isolated situation. You are such a weird flip flopper, Gina. I cannot. I hate all of you right now. (laughs) 
And also stop with stop with the isolated situation. Stop with bullshit. that. It grossed me out. No, that is not that does not mean what you think it means. No. Yep. Nope. You're spot on. Here Shannon is giving Heather shit for what Emily is actually doing like five feet away. Emily says, you know, it hurts her that Shannon doesn't share things about a relationship with her. But you know what she actually means? It's that she's hurt and annoyed that Shannon doesn't share it on camera. Yeah. And Emily feels like she does. And that is fair. That is. It's It's not fair that she's not being transparent with her life because everybody else says. And it sounds as if she does share with them only privately. And the common theme here is that Emily is very annoyed by this. And Tamara is like a dog with a bone. And Heather is the one who truly does seem to want to leave it off camera. And that's why I think that Heather is the only one telling the truth. I totally agree with you. She is the only one trying to really protect Shannon. So it's very ironic that she's going after her, which again, substantiates our thought that this is a gang up on Heather. Like Shannon takes absolutely zero ownership over the status of her relationship with John. She is working overtime. It must be so chaotic for her. Like, to be on the show and not expose anything, but still talk about it. Like, it's giving a little bit of Candy vibes. But the difference is, Candy doesn't go off camera and say all these horrible things about Todd. Honestly, I I feel like Shannon's scared. Like, she's walking on eggshells. She's blaming everyone else. She's just way too worried about John. Just stop, Shannon. If John can handle it and your relationship depends on your absolute privacy, quit the show it honestly makes me sick to see her so worried and so defensive and running to producers trying to hide leaving events like even though she basically admitted on camera she told emily and gina details about their relationship yep she has to get away from john but she is very obsessed with john and how he will react instead of the reality of the situation she i don't know she's got to go I don't know if you saw in the preview for like the upcoming episodes, but she makes a comment at one point. Shannon yells out. She's like, I didn't sign up for this. And I'm like, mm. but you you literally did. Mm-hmm. You actually, you have signed a contract to be on this show. Oh my God. I think it's very clear that Shannon and John probably get too drunk together. And then they have these like epic arguments and then i think shannon probably drunkenly calls the other ladies to talk about it and she forgets what she says and so then everybody's talking about all of these terrible things that she has said about her relationship with john and shannon doesn't even remember saying them yeah like emily points out after she kind of chases uh shannon into the hall she uh shannon's like i've never said anything to you you know in the last two years And Emily says, actually, no, you did two months ago at Javier's. And the look that washes over Shannon's face Mm. is the look of a woman who has gotten very drunk and who has blacked out and who has said a lot of things to her friend about her terrible relationship. But she doesn't remember any of it. And in that moment on her face, you can see that she's aware that she does this. Mm -hmm. Her whole body language shifted. It sunk down. She was ashamed. Man. You know, and they have alluded that in the past. Like, oh, drunk Shannon's calling. And Tamara, you know, flat out saying, Shannon's a drunk. And that's such harsh territory. But 
I think Heather has every right to be indignant over this and to say, I'm not the one who's spreading this information. Sounds like Shannon does it herself. Shannon is. (laughs) Yeah. Emily and Tama are the ones bringing it up on camera. Heather is just responding and she's talking about it. But she's not actually bringing it up on camera. Yes. So I'm on Heather. I am on Mr. Bro's side in this episode. Definitely. And poor Shannon. I hope she can get her shit together. But it sounds like she's got way too many bodies buried in the backyard to to be on a reality show. We know that the relationship is over. So yes. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But they're still hanging out. And just a couple weeks ago, Shannon and John and his kids... We're out at a restaurant, and uh, I think the quiet woman, yeah, apparently there was a big blow up with John's daughter and Shannon. So, oh, my God. Dude. So are they still dating? I don't know. She won't say. Interesting, though. She has, I've read that she said um, they're really good friends. They've stayed really good friends, and that's going to last until one of them gets into a relationship, and then they won't be able to be friends anymore. That's not a but friend. Now, that's not a friend. No. <laughs> It's toxic as shit. You don't end a friendship because you get into into another relationship. (laughs) I know. I know. I think that's called a fuck buddy. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's called I'm deciding to fuck my life up. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, that was an intense episode and we got a little passionate. We did. I went off. I went off. I've had a couple rants during this <laughs> podcast so far. Cabinet related and then also oh, Gina related. <laughs> the cabinets. I wish I could see Gina's cabinets. I'd probably have some really big thoughts. Oh, baby. Let's not even go there. That might be too much. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go over to Atlanta now. Let's go over to Peach Passion. <laughs> Okay, so we open up the episode and Todd kind of drops a little hint that Tay and Drew are filming together. Yeah, that was interesting. So this kind of might be where they met. Like, maybe they met on set Mm. of the movie. Can you believe that? After (laughs) Candy accuses her of kissing Toya and then... They met on their set. <laughs> it is too perfect. It is so perfect that it has to be true. It has to be. Oh my god. Okay, so we have a quick scene with Sanya and her sister, and they have a heart to heart. I just feel like Sanya definitely disrespects her sis, and she's got to work on that because it's not a good look. Yeah. No, I thought it was pretty clear that Sanya really reveled in having her sister be her number one fan. She talks about how she misses having her in the background, like watching her experience all of her big moments and describes this as the disconnect between them. But she never expresses feeling sad that she hasn't been there to watch her sister during her moments. Ooh, good Seems point. like a very one-sided relationship in a lot of ways. And I think her sister is setting the right boundaries by removing herself from it. Like she's got a husband. She's got kids. She's got a family. She's got a life. She's not just here to be in the background watching you, Sanya. Yeah, boosting your ego. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, good point. I 
was so excited because Cynthia is back, baby. I love Cynthia. She's so amazing. And so she's having dinner with Candy and they chat about her divorce from Mike. I really like them as a couple, but I think he's probably a piece of shit. So Candy is telling (laughs) Cynthia that, you know, they're talking about a special event. It's 10 years of bedroom candy. And Candy's hosting a bedroom candy peach social event. And it's the launch of Peach Buzz, which sounds and looks kind of amazing. Not gonna lie. Um, I love the scene. I love Cynthia. I love Candy. I love them together. We are seeing Candy in her best light. I think that's because she's around a true friend for once and someone who she feels truly comfortable with. She told Cynthia she has been at it with most of the women, you know, at it with most of these women lately. She's she's in her element with a friend that she actually trusts. Funny that. Mm-hmm. And you can tell Candy, like, she is genuinely confused by Drew lying about the kiss with Latoya. And then that shade that she threw during her confessional, she was like, is it because she's married? And then she makes a face like, nah, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think that this is the candy we've been missing, like up until now, this whole season. So not only is she overworked, I think it's clear she also just does not vibe with these ladies in general. Like she's not even bothered to fake it anymore. Because with Cynthia, she was totally engaged. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, Candy has Kenya as an ally, but let's face it, Kenya has checked the bleep out too. Yeah. And she is so not fun. Kenya is such a downer, you know? And speaking of Kenya, we get another Brooklyn scene revolving all around babies. Snore. Oh my God, right? She was babysitting like an infant of a family member. Like, I felt like I was watching Leave it to Beaver or something. Like... (laughs) Dude, I want more than everything to support working mothers with all my heart. But the only time Kenya shows up and is authentic is when she's doing this kind of stuff. It really feels like Kenya is done. Is she like, I I kept getting the vibes like, are you trying to get put on pause again? Why wouldn't you just quit though? Like, uh, uh. I I do think we're not going to get her back next season. I think she's either going to take herself out or, you know, it's not interesting. No. And I support that for her. Me too. She wants a family. She wants to follow that. Go for it, Kenya. Yeah. We're here. We're here to support you on Instagram, but not on the show. Yeah. Nope. Not on the show. So a producer asked Drew if she has asked Ralph about what happened while he was in Vegas. She said, he said he was working, but she does not trust this guy at all. And she said, anything can place a wedge between us right now because we're not on a solid foundation. Okay. 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 What is happening? (laughs) Like, (laughs) Did Drew ever say why they aren't trusting? Like, or why she isn't trusting him? Or did this just kind of pop off? Nope. No, right? Like, no. The no trust is a big deal. And I want to hear more about why she doesn't trust him. It's got to be more than last season and the massage from that lady. Like, he must have cheated is all I can assume. They 
they presented so damn tight at the beginning of the season and also in the scene in the closet where she's talking to him about Marlo filming her and Courtney didn't defend him against Marlo. Just way too much damn fakery going on playing happy families. I don't know. Then I thought maybe she's actually trying to mend things here, but it's tough to see her confessionals and then scenes like this. I definitely think he cheated again. I would guess maybe multiple times. Maybe it was before. Maybe it was recently. Because why were they trying so hard to look so tight at the beginning? Like, I'm just having flashbacks to them climbing up that stupid rock wall on their date. Oh, my God. The way they were talking about how great their relationship is and they're on a date night. And we discussed that in a few of our chats. Like, why are they trying so friggin' hard to push that they have such a healthy relationship when we already knew they were divorcing? Yes, yes. I think they've been broken for ages. Mm-hmm. I do think you might be onto something. I think something else has happened, though, because all of a sudden she's not trying so hard no. to keep up that facade. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we have Sheree telling Candy that Drew said Candy is producing and making up this kiss with Latoya. I love Sheree and her shade and her stirring the pot. She's kind of like Emily for me. Sheree also dropped that Drew doesn't care if she's in the movie or not, Candy. She has lots of other offers. Oh my gosh. L-O-L. O-L-O-L-O-L. So much shade. Honestly, like without the show, would Drew even be relevant? Honestly, no. I'm going to say no. I'm going to join you in a resounding no at the top of my lungs. How's... how? How's Drew even trying to start the narrative that Candy is being weird and trying to produce gossip about her kissing LaToya? She said with the role she's playing in the movie involving a woman, it just, it felt forced. She says, I hope Candy's lying on me isn't going to affect our ability to work together, although it may be a challenge. Like, honestly, the audacity, the audacity of this woman she must know that like this deflection is just going to come back to bite her when everything inevitably comes to light if i were candy i would have been like you're fired get out i don't want you in my movie totally also it sounds like drew told ralph that marlo was disrespectful towards him not necessarily what she actually said maybe he texted her thinking it was worse than it was like maybe he texted marlo Mm. being like oh yeah like You said something real bad, which lends some legitimacy to what you said last week. She was just trying to connect with him over something. Mm -hmm. There is a trouble a Bruin. There is trouble a Bruin. And that absolutely would make sense as to why he texted her. Like, Drew is a liar. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'm Mm -hmm. sure she's lying to Ralph as well. And I would normally find someone like Drew amusing and entertaining. And people are saying she's carrying the whole season. I... I guess a lot of it is. But honestly, she is just such a hot mess in her personal life. And that is continuing to be projected into her social life. She's definitely the type to present like everything is hunky-dory when it's not. And that comes with cover-ups and lies. And it's too much. Nothing is real. I want to see genuine. Same. Ugh. So, Candy's Peach Buzz Social. What an event. Uh, Candy's right. It was 
absolutely taboo for black women to talk about sex toys. Good for her. She she rocks it. <laughs> my girl Sheree immediately starts stirring up Candy versus Drew shit. Oh my god. I love that Marlo showed up and Candy made an effort to give her a compliment on her look. Because damn, Marlo looked hot. Marlo looked amazing right down to her little peach bag. Love it. Things like that. Like, I think that went a long way to kind of softening Candy a bit towards Marlo. Like, I think that would for most people. Here's someone you don't really get along with, you don't vibe with, and yet she's gone out of her way to dress up and support your event. Like, she specifically maybe even bought that bag just for the event. And I think that says a lot. And then you have Sheree. Who again showed up in jeans again? Oh what is this God. casual girl journey that she is on? Well, it's better than sweatpants. She by Sheree sweatpants, which it's joggers, true. which I I true. couldn't see. They're like, oh my gosh, Sheree! It she always looks so good, but then it's just very interesting timing with her fashion. I think, yeah. But again, fucking Drew showing up to this party. And right away, it's all about Drew. And she's bloody well happy about it. She's happy it's all about her. I cannot. Okay, weird, 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 weird vibes. When Ralph and Marlo were chatting, like, he was so jovial around Marlo. I have never seen that energy from him when he's around Drew. This connection is strange. And Marlo seems to really enjoy Ralph, too. So it's mutual. And then I thought... Marlo, are you only doing this because you're so anti-Drew? Or is there like an actual friendship here? Yeah, they seem really tight. Like actual friends. I don't know when that happened or why, but it almost looked like they were like checking in with each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Marlo and Ralph also used to date. Anyways, pretty <laughs> obvious. <laughs> pretty obvious that Drew blew up and exaggerated the whole situation to Ralph. I'm glad that Marla was like, listen, all I said was that you work in tech. Is that such a big deal? Fucking thank you. Because it's not. No. At least we know now that we aren't missing any information because we were so confused about that as well. So confused. Still confused. I'm, I'm, I have no idea what's happening. So then Miss Latoya shows up and Latoya is, oh my God, she's so hot. I, I'm sorry. I can see why Drew she totally is. wanted to kiss her. Yeah. And why she did Wanted her. to. She did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have to laugh because here's Drew fighting off this rumor. We never kiss. We never kiss. The first thing she does is sits in Toya's lap. Like this mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. They have a chat with Candy and Marlo. And right away, Drew claims that the videos from Marlo that she sent to Toya were edited stop it drew is a liar it's like honestly so sickening i'm with marlo and kenny here bye girl oh my god i am with marlo too especially when she just walks away like if if we're not gonna have a real conversation i'm out i am out the harder drew tries to refute this and prove it's wrong the more we can see she's just desperate to cover up what happened Listen, if this really didn't happen, why wouldn't you just laugh it off? Like, she is making it such a bigger deal. She's giving it legitimacy by working so 
fucking hard to convince people that it didn't happen. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. You don't actually need to do this much, Drew. Yes, exactly. Candy is exhausted, and she knows that Drew is hiding this for a bigger issue. Obviously, her marriage. So she makes the truce. She's just like, I'm done with this. Like, oh, oh, sorry. Wait, not before Drew says Candy is fantasizing about her and Latoya together. Oh, my God. That was terrible. Candy probably has her pick up the litter, honey. Drew, Mm -hmm. like, you're not making the cut, honey. Okay. (laughs) I believe. I believe all of them, Drew. I believe Candy. I believe Kenya, Cynthia, Shimia. Uh Uh-huh. Own your shit or get out. I'm over it. You're flirting with Toya, jumping on her lap, telling Candy she has been fantasizing about the two of you together. You're all about Drew. You're all about attention. I was so heated during the scene. I could not believe she had the audacity to say that to Candy. I would have lost my goddamn mind if I was Candy. Totally. And Drew said that to me. And then Latoya, who up until that point has seemed to be on Drew's side, she asks Drew if she thinks Candy's genuine. And if so, why does she doubt that Candy saw them kiss? Like, is Latoya just flip-flopping for fun? Or what is going on here? Not to mention, in the preview for next week, we see a discussion with Candy, where Candy does seem to be putting words in Latoya's mouth and even going so far as to say, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I saw that. So now I'm extra confused and I'm so, so, so extra curious. Did Drew kiss her or not? Fuck. It doesn't matter. We already know the outcome. Let's get to Tay. Yes, let's get to Tay. And let's see less of Ralph. Maybe we'll see Ralph and Marlo, actually. Yeah. (laughs) get rid of scotland yes there's some definite chemistry there between miss marlowe and mr ralph it's there it's there 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 is something yep i mean aside from him getting like oiled down and rubbed downs and becoming magic mike in vegas i would be there for a relationship between marlowe and ralph yeah and i think that would be up marlowe's alley probably in some ways you think so (laughs) <laughs> maybe maybe not. I don't at this point I don't care. I don't. <laughs> no, that's true. That's that is true. That's a good point. I thought oh. that was a good episode. I'm excited to see next week. I'm excited to get to the taste stuff. I'm glad we got some old school candy again. She's yeah. in her element. I hope she continues on. I hope this was a little bit of a I don't know, reinvigorating reinvigoration mm-hmm. for her. Well, that was so awesome, Narelle. Those were some great yeah. episodes. And but, uh, oh yeah, no, no, go ahead. I was just gonna end the episode. Please, there. please do, please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, until next week, stay truthful, but not hopeless. Love you guys, and thank you guys so much for all the downloads and all the support. You've absolutely just made our lives. We're so happy and love doing this with you. Yes. Thank you, everyone. You guys are the best and we appreciate you kind of working with us and sticking with us through sound issues and all the things, but we love you. All the sound issues. All the sound issues. Hope you guys all have a good week too, and we'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Love yous.